I was sitting down in the back, I was contemplating, you know, what to what to talk about, what what to say, and I've been in a particular place where. There must be, we're in summer revival, right? To revive something means to bring it back to life. It, it had life, and it's got to be brought back to life. Because the truth of the matter is, this life that we live can deplete us. You ain't got to be honest, I'm talking about me, huh? you know. <laughs> This life that we live in as we journey through it can distract us. It can derail us. It can put us on another path. And if not careful, it'll have us in a place that when we look up, we'll say, how did we get here? How did I end up here I had the image of a boat on the water and the waves of the water if the boat isn't anchored correctly can find itself shifting and before you know it when you look up, you're far away and you, how'd we get here? How, how did I drift so far away? I want to just talk a little bit and have a little conversation with us because, thank you, Pastor. The scripture teaches us that in the last days, perilous times shall come. That word perilous means hard, difficult, uh, stuff that's just not favorable. But in the last days, perilous times shall come. It's not a might, it's not a maybe. It's going to come. The truth of the matter is, it's here. We are living in perilous times. You don't have to have a necessarily a prophetic gift to see this. You don't need a degree to see this. It's laid out. When you turn on your TV, it's laid out. When you look at the news, it's right there. That we are in perilous times. I would also want you to understand that the enemy himself do not like the fact that you have a relationship with Almighty God. Out of all the people you can have a relationship with, the most important person 
for you to have a relationship with is God Almighty. If you have a relationship with God, you got more with you than you have against you. Lord, have mercy here. If you have a relationship with God, I don't care your age, I don't care your status, I don't care nothing. If you have a relationship with God, you have more for you than the whole world being against you. Having a relationship with God can take you through storms in life. And you come out on the other side, all right. Having a relationship with God, you could have turbulence going on all around you. But when you have a relationship with God, somehow he'll come and ease up on your bedside. When you're crying tears, wetting your pillow. And somehow he'll come up on your bedside and let you have a feeling that it's going to be all right. It's a peace that he provides to you that this world cannot give you. Maybe, maybe you ain't had that kind of experience. But you've ever been in situations that you just did not know how it was going to turn out. You didn't know how it was going to be fixed. And you was at one point in a state of worry and anxiety. But then all of a sudden there was a peace that came over you. That said, although I don't know how it's going to turn out, it's going to be all right. That's what the Bible means, that you have a peace that surpasses all of your understanding. Your mind can't even comprehend how you had such peace. You can't get that from your husband. You can't get that from your wife. You can't get that from your BFF. You sure can't get it from your boyfriend or your girlfriend. It's something that you can only get from God himself. The importance of having a relationship with God. And the enemy wants us to think that you don't necessarily need a relationship with God. That it's all right. Have us to think that you can do what God can do. That you can provide for yourself. You could wake up yourself. You can breathe for yourself. I told them in the scriptures, I told them out there, sis, you can't do nothing without God. I said, To plainly put it, the scriptures say you can't live. It is in him that you live, you move, and have your very being because of him. In other words, the breath that I'm breathing right now, the breath that you're breathing right now, that ain't your breath. That's his breath. And you know what I don't like? I don't like how people can take his breath and have the audacity to not want to praise him. Because of what they're going through. The devil is a liar. This ain't even your breath. That's why he said let everything that have breath praise him. Because the breath that you got ain't even yours. It belongs to him. 
And we got the audacity to come in here and act like we don't have a reason to praise God. The devil is a liar. If the praise team don't show up, if Brother Stephen don't be there, you ain't going to stop me from praising God. I praise him on Sunday. I praise him on Monday. I praise him on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I praise him. Because this belonged to him anyway. My very being belongs to him. My heart is beating because of him. My kidneys are operating because of him. It ain't because I drink water. No, they're here because he is allowing them to work. My being is because of him, man. I live, I move, and I have my being. So sometimes, excuse me if my praise is a little too exuberant for you. Excuse me if my praise don't make sense to you. You might say it don't take all that. You need to sit down somewhere. Stop doing all that. You, you, I can't see over you. Excuse me. This ain't even unto you. You couldn't help me out of my last situation. You couldn't bring me out of sin when I was in sin. So I'm not praising you. I'm praising the one that can do something about whatever I've got going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If I can holler for Alabama, roll tie. If I can holler for Auburn Tigers. If I can holler for Golden State Warriors. Buddy, you ain't going to stop me from hollering for heaven. Because the only reason that I'm still alive is because of God. It's amazing how much energy we'll exert for a team. How much we'll holler for all of them. Seeing my son on the football field and I holler. They do something good. Potty training a three-year-old right now. And every time he, he used the bathroom, But when God do something for us, we sit here like we ain't got no reason to praise God. The devil is a liar. If I could praise the three-year-old for potty training, if I can praise the football player, surely I could praise God. Shout hallelujah. All right. But somehow, there has crept in something. Because the truth of the matter is, everybody that stands behind a pulpit ain't God called. And they're not God ordained. He said in the last days also, men will give heed to the doctrines of devils, seducing spirits, having itching ears. They will heap unto themselves their own kind of preachers, their own kind of teachers. This is the day that we're living in. When you are in a place and when you have a leader like you do that will tell you the truth no matter what. Look at somebody and say, I'm blessed. 
No, you got the wrong neighbor. They don't believe you because they, they, they say you blessed because of a house or a car. But when you got somebody that'll tell you what thus said the Lord and will tell you the truth, look at somebody and say, I am blessed. And somehow we have drifted. Go to the book of Revelation chapter 2. Everybody gets scared of this book because of the way that people have portrayed this book. But Revelation ain't a bad book. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It talks about Jesus. I ain't got time to talk about all of that, but in the book of Revelations chapter 2, and I'm going to walk through this real quick, starting at verse 1 through chapter through verse 4. But uh, I want to read it from the message version. You can follow along in the KJV if you like, but I'm going to read it from the message version. Listen to what it says. Write this to Ephesus, that is a church, to the angel of the church. The one with seven stars in his right first right fist grip, striding through the golden seven light circle speaks. Verse two, I see what you have done. Your hard work, your refusal to quit. I know you can't stomach evil, that you weed out apostolic pretenders. I know your persistence. Your courage in my cause that you never wear out. Wait. Go back to verse 3. I see what you've done. Your hard work. I see your zeal for God. I see your ability to make God shine in a dark world. I see you. Hard work. I see your persistence. I see you coming through the doors when church opened. I see you doing the music. I see you singing. I see you. I, I know you don't like evil. I know you don't like the presence of sin. I know you can't stomach it. That's good. Glory to God. I see you. I know you don't like lies and people deceiving people. I know that. I see your hard work. This is Jesus talking. I know your persistence, your courage in my cause. That in your heart, I know you want to please me. In your heart, I know you want to honor me. In your heart, I know you want to hear me say, well done. But you live your life so that you can hear, well done. Go to verse 3 though. But you have walked away from your first love. Why? 
What's going on with you? Do you have an idea how far you've fallen? Your first love, stop. You remember when you first got saved and how on fire you was? You remember when you first got saved and Jesus just shrouded you? That you couldn't even wash your dishes without thinking about the goodness of Jesus? You remember you could cut your grass? And all of a sudden, your mind will start thinking about the goodness of Jesus and you'll start, tears will fall from your eyes. You remember when he first saved you? How you just was so in love. And at the mention of his name, your heart will go to weeping. Because you remember where he brought you from. You remember the place that you was in before he brought you out. It wasn't nothing you wouldn't do for Jesus. You'll feel the unction to pray and guess what? Well, nothing would get in your way. You'll know that God is calling you to himself and you'll do everything you can. To make sure you get in his presence. But as we go through life, we experience a few victories. We experience God doing and moving and such. It's easy to forget how much. And how far God brought us. Oh, before I talk about you, I'm talking about me. How I've forgot that I wasn't even worthy for him to come and rescue me. That out of his mercy and out of his goodness, he came. And rescued me out of the sea of sin. That I was drowning in, sis. I was drowning in that, brother. I was, I was crazy in sin. And he came and he saved me. It, it was his love that came and brought me. And I was so in love with him. You couldn't even talk about God in a derogatory manner and didn't get me upset. You could talk about everybody else, but don't you talk about my Jesus like that. And somehow, we've drifted from our first love. I want you to understand that these people Loved God because of the things that they have done, their good work, their hard work, their persistence, their courage. But sometimes 
I need a revival in my love for him. Sometimes I need God to revive my passion for him. To revive my zeal for him. Because the truth of the matter is, God is not a man. God ain't like you and me. And I think we have the tendency sometimes of treating God like we treat each other. But God ain't like me and you. Glory to God. God is in a class all by himself. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. You can't do that. God is able to put a river in a desert. Glory to God. I'm talking about your God. God is able to make day out of night. He's able to take the bad and make it good. He's able to make all things work together for my good. He's able to give me a a, a dancing spirit in the exchange of a morning spirit. God! God, the one from the beginning who don't have a start and who don't have an end. God, the one that created all heaven and all of earth. The one that set the sun so far away from the earth. And the one that told the waters that you can go this far and don't go no more. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about the one that spoke and it was. I'm talking about the one that was able to tell a man to go dip himself down into a Jericho river, a nasty river, and you'll come up smooth like a baby's bottom. I'm talking about God. I'm talking about God that'll take foolish stuff and confound the wise. I'm almost done. I'm talking about your God. That when it wasn't nobody else that could come and help save us, that was on our way to hell. He decided to wrap himself up and put himself in a flesh suit coming down here and walk 33 and a half years down across, get himself up three days later so that I could have a right to life. Yo God. He's in a class all by himself. Don't need no help. Don't need nobody to assist him. The one that don't take counsel with nobody. But he does all things after the counsel of his own will. Your God. The one that will bring you to it and will bring you through it. Your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's in a class all by himself. I need you to understand who you in love with. I need to help you understand who you're passionate about. I'm talking about the God that can heal all manner of diseases. I'm talking about the one that can walk on water and don't drown. I'm talking about the one that'll walk up to a dead tomb and say, Lazarus, come forth. I'm talking about the one that'll heal a dead man and raise him up again. Heal a woman that's dead on her bed and say, Talakuma, rise up, daughter. I'm talking about your God. Oh, Shia. I'm talking about your God that can heal 10 lepers and don't even have to lay a hand on them. I'm talking about your God that'll heal a blind Bartimaeus. I'm talking about your God. Somebody shout, that's my God. I'm talking about the one that can take a 
job away from you and give you another one in the same week. I'm talking about the one that uh, the doctors are say you got cancer and he'll turn around and make that cancer disappear. I'm talking about your God. Somebody shout, that's my God. I said, shout, that's my God. I'm talking about shout like you shouting for a football team. That's my God. That's the one that I serve. That's the one that I live for. That's the one that saved me. He ain't got a beginning. He ain't got an end. I can't trace him. He don't have an edge. He is the one that is eternal. That's your God. That's the one that I serve. I ain't serving no anything. He ain't dead. He's very much alive. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you. They are spirit and they are life. I said he's he's powerful. He's almighty. He could do anything but lie and fail. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. That's your God. That if he said it out of his mouth, he's going to do it and make it good. That if he spoke it, he's going to make it good. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. I don't know about you, but that's my God. And I ain't going to let no devil in hell make me fool, fool me out of loving God. Because I hear my Bible say, what can separate me from the love of God? Not principality, not depth, nor height, not angels here, not angels below. Nothing can separate me. Glory to God. That's your God. That's mine. And guess what? Guess what? He says, and this is what I love about him, that When you come to the point where your passion has failed low. And sometimes, brothers, Brother Stephen, and I've been guilty. I've done this church stuff just out of duty with no passion. I did it because I had to do it, so to speak, because of what I had to do in the church, but I had no passion, no zeal. It got low because life can hit you so that it starts subtracting that zeal from you. But then God set up meetings like these, summer revivals, so that we can get our passion back. Because what good is it for him to bless you with your house and your car? Because the moment that car get old and that house get old, if I was pre- if my love for him was predicated on that house and car, the moment something break on it, that my love. If my love for him was predicated on him blessing me with a job or giving me a college to, a college uh, financial aid to be able to go to school or scholarship, that go my love if I get denied. 
But let me tell you something. You got to have something, a love for God that it surpasses the stuff that you got. That if you was to take all of my stuff, you ain't going to take my love for it. That if you was to take my job, take my money, take my house, take all of this stuff, I still got love for it. I loved them before I got a big house. I'm going to get all that back handsome more. Y'all ain't going to talk back to me. You could ask Job that. Job said, you took all of this. Naked I came in. And naked shall I leave. But guess what? By the end of that story, because he maintained love for God, he got his stuff back. Look at somebody and say, double for your trouble. They don't believe you. Look at them and say, double for your trouble. Just stay with God. He's going to give you double for your trouble. Stay with God. I promise you, he's going to reward you. Be not weary and well do it. Because in due season, stand to your feet. I'm done. God wants to renew our passion. He says, turn back. You know what that means? I'm going one way. And listen, God is stable. He ain't moved. Did you hear what I said? He ain't moved. It's me that's moved. My passion, my love. Because I start looking at the things of this world. And I feel like I got to worry about me. I got to keep me together, you know. So I start putting in more time doing all of this stuff. While he's being neglected. Come here, brother. You look like Jesus. Stand right here. You his friend? That's why you look like him. At one point, my sis, and Jesus was close. And the crazy thing is, he was making ways. He was providing. He was taking care of me. As long as I was looking to Jesus. But somehow, I took my eyes off of him and started looking at what was going on around me. And slowly, it don't happen all at once, but little by little, I find myself drifting away. Because I took my eyes off of him and started putting my eyes on stuff that's going on around me. And then here I go. Oh, I got to fix this. I got to fix that. Oh, I got to fix this, my children. I got I to gotta fix. I got to fix it. I got to fix it. And, oh, Lord, we need some more money. Let me pick up an extra job. Uh, I need two more extra 
little by little, I've slowly drifted away from Jesus trying to take care of me. Me trying to take care of me. Do you hear that sound? You couldn't take care of yourself if you tried. You ain't that powerful. But I was trying. And in my pursuit of trying to take care of me, I left Jesus. Oh, man. And the message version of Revelation chapter 2, verse 4, he said, Turn back. Recover your dear early love. No time to waste. We're about to check up out of here, peeps. No time to waste. Turn back. Recover for I am, for I am, go ahead. I am well on my way. That's it. I'm on my way. And when he come, if this is that, I'm caught with my work undone. But when he said, turn back, guess what? The moment I see where I've drifted, you don't slowly return. No, I run to get back in place. To get back in the embrace of Jesus. That turn back mean I repent and I get back to Jesus. And you know what I love about him? When I come back, he ain't condemning me. He ain't saying, you shouldn't have done that. You, you knew better. I, I. No. He stands right there to embrace you to come back. Instead of him telling you knew better, he say, this is what I've always wanted. I saw you drifting, but this is what I wanted. So I sent a preacher all the way from Mobile, Alabama, just to tell you to turn back and come back to Jesus. Listen, if that's you in this room, I dare you to run to this altar right now. If that's you in this room, Lord, I need to, I need my passion to be renewed. I, I need, I need my passion to be renewed. This is what revival is all about. I need my steel to come back. I, I need to be back on fire for you. Somewhere I drifted, Lord. Somewhere I drifted, Jesus. Come on. Come on. This is your moment to talk to him. Tell him to give you your passion back. Tell him to give you your zeal back. Tell him I need it back, Lord. I've drifted somehow. I've drifted some way. But I repent. I repent. I repent. I repent. Come on. This is your moment. This is your time. Come on. This is your moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Revive me, Lord. Revive me in my love for you. Revive me in my love for you. Revive me in my love for you, Jesus. This is what I want. This is what revival is all about. This is what revival is all about. He's right here. To re- He's right here. He's right here. He's right here. He's right here. He doesn't care. He's right here. He don't care what made you trip. Just come back. He don't care what made you turn around. Just turn back. Hallelujah. Oh, Shanda. Oh, Bashanda. Oh, Rabakalamandosha. 
Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, come on, come on, come on, 